We welcome you to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father,
A reading for All Saints' Day from Revelation, the seventh chapter. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and all around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reason Luther posted the 95 Theses on October 31st was that the next day was November 1st. This was the first day when Wittenberg would swarm with pilgrims. The prince of that territory, Frederick the Wise, owned one of the largest collections of relics in Europe. Relics are supposedly holy objects, 
pieces of the bones of saints or wood chips and nails from Jesus' cross, veils that had touched important holy people. Coming in contact with these holy objects, it was said, released the benefits and powers of those saints to you. And on November 1st, which is the day of All Saints Day, Prince Frederick's whole collection was out for display. Visiting that on All Saints Day would grant you an indulgence, that is, it would spare you thousands of years of suffering and purging in purgatory. They weren't exactly selling forgiveness, but you can be sure that they charged admission. So Luther's timing wasn't subtle or coincidental. Posting on All Hallows' Eve meant more than free publicity. Luther took aim at faraway Rome's money-making schemes, but also the local economy that directly provided for himself. All Saints' Day was totally wrapped up in it. The saints had earned their way to heaven and with merit to spare. Their good works empowered the papal indulgence. Their spirits brought luck, protection, and fortune if you prayed to them. And even their bones could help the Wittenberg visitor. And none of it had any foundation in the scriptures or the teaching of the early church at all. The relics were unverifiable, the years off purgatory a guess at best, and purgatory itself a speculation turned into a dogma. On All Saints' Day, only the most famous dead Christians were invoked for aid in this life. On the next day, All Souls' Day, prayers for the common dead were offered in hopes of improving their eternal condition. Now, one might expect that Lutherans would have nothing to do with All Saints' Day. But we believe one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That is to say, we are not radical or revolutionary, but conservative reformers. Our principle is not to throw out and start over. It is to preserve, conserve, and retain what we have received, so long as it is not contrary to the gospel. We reject and condemn in the severest of terms the invocation of saints for aid. This shifts our focus away from Jesus, who alone is the author and perfecter of our faith. We do not indulge speculations or the dogmas that are built on them. Rather, we take the word apostolic in the creed seriously. We wish to return again to the pure teaching of Christ's apostles, and their teaching is found in the Holy Scriptures. The old German translation of the creed, as we usually say it, is Christian and apostolic church. That emphasizes that Christ is our one and only mediator, not saints, not relics, not human efforts. But we have our claim to that other word also, the word Catholic, universal, according to the whole, believed throughout all ages. We recognize that the Lord's church does not begin with Luther, nor did it restart with him. It has remained one throughout the ages. The pure teaching has been preserved, even as the scriptures continue to sound forth, despite all of the muck and junk that threatened to cover it up in ages past. And that is why Lutherans and we still observe All Saints' Day. All of the relics are long gone. Their golden displays have been melted down, their superstition forgotten. All of the prayers to and for the dead are cut off and left out. And all of the misdirection 
and money-making surrounding the dead is over in our churches. That's the fruit of Luther's well-timed debate. All Souls Day is entirely unknown to us, as it should be. And what is it that remains, though? It is the Word of God and the Holy Communion. We hear today the inspired vision of the saints in glory from Revelation chapter 7. We hear the words of blessing also from Jesus in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And we hear comforting words sung in the propers from the Psalms and Jesus' own promise. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And in most churches, they even sing the old hymn by Bernard of Cluny, a monk, Jerusalem the Golden, and that is a pure and faithful confession about the Christian eternal hope and all those who have departed trusting not in their own merits, but in Christ alone. That is our heritage. And when everything false is stripped away and nothing more, by the way, you're not left with Roman Catholic light. Rather, you have the pure Catholic, Christian, and apostolic faith, nothing other than the scriptures and the blessed communion of the saints gathered around the Lamb, there with him in bliss and here on earth in the blessed sacrament, all awaiting the resurrection at the last day. And in this, we have certainty and comfort, which moldy bones, papal pronouncements, and money never could buy. The visible reformation of the church on earth is very much like that of each Christian throughout life. What is our own must be stripped away until nothing but Christ remains, until nothing is left but what holy baptism gave us. Sin in our flesh must be crucified. Our every thought must be held captive to Christ. Finally, our struggle in this great tribulation ends in death. But what we have in Christ does not go away. John says in his gospel that we are already God's children now. We are his sons and heirs. Christ says likewise, blessed are all those who seem to have lost everything, who are no longer clamoring after themselves, but who have indeed taken up their cross, denied themselves, and all to follow him. So behold what John the divine did. Behold those saints who have come out of great tribulation, who've lost everything. And what do they look like? They are clothed in white robes, white garments like those given to the newly baptized, and like the pall that is draped over the caskets of those who die in this faith. They're holding palm branches in their hands. That's the sign of those who celebrate their king's victory that blessed and humble king who came in the name of the Lord to give his life as a ransom for the many. And they rejoice and they sing not about a salvation that belongs to them as if they had earned it at all, but about the salvation that belongs to the Lamb and to God, the one who takes away the sins of the world. The question is asked, of course, who are they and where have they come from? It's another way of saying, how have they gotten here? And the answer is not by bones, not by prayers, not by merits, not by other saints. No, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Everyone who thus hopes in him, in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, purifies him or herself as he is pure. 
All Saints' Day is rightly understood and observed when we take comfort in Christ alone, who purifies us freely by his blood. That is what the communion of saints means, and also what the wonderful word Catholic means. It means that we recognize Christians, not just from our nation or tribe or people or language, but from all of them. Not just Christians in our time, but Christians of every time before us and even yet to come. And not just here in any time, but also there in eternity. The words one and Catholic Church draw our attention to the fact that those who die in the faith do not cease to be members of Christ's church. The dead who die in him are never lost. They are blessed. They are at peace, resting from their labors. And most wonderfully of all, they are with Jesus. And if they are with Jesus, then they are not separated so far from us either. We miss them in this body. That's true. We cannot hug them like we once did. There are those we may never have even met whom we still miss. But if they are in Christ, then they are one church with us still. They are included in that whole company of heaven gathered with angels and archangels and us around the Lamb. On earth, the church militant, and with Christ, the church triumphant. We are one church united in Jesus. What joins us and them is not an exchange of goods and services, money and merits and prayers and powers. We are joined by the blood of Christ, which alone cleanses us by the Lamb of God, who alone has redeemed us, by the Lord who is enthroned upon our grateful hymns of praise, filling heaven and earth. So in this veil of tears, this militant fighting, beleaguered, even divided Christendom on earth, let us be glad for what about All Saints' Day has withstood the refining fires, both of time, conflict, and reformation among us. And that is these precious scriptures, these beloved hymns, and the most precious and holy supper of our Lord, the communion of the saints itself. And be comforted, dear Christians, in every trial and grief and temptation by what truly endures forever, the Lamb who reigns and to whom salvation belongs. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys you have prepared for those who love you, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran Congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Rev. Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's Word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G, including Trinity Great Bend, whose service is at 845 every morning. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wapaton, North Dakota, 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.